Welcome back, everybody, to episode five of Army of Unicorns. Uh, I'm embarrassed that I haven't done an episode in all of 2018. This is the first one. Um, as most of you know, I've started a new job um, as CCO of Havas, New York. So that's been awesome. I almost, believe it or not, I'm coming up in a year right now. Besides that, having a, a new son and, and some other uh, personal issues with my family that I've been dealing with. So it's been, a, it's been a wild year, but an awesome one. And I'm really excited about this episode. Um, again, I started Army of Unicorns to recognize people that I work with that are hungry, happy, and curious. And I've taken it now not only to be in the 88, but also to the walls of Avas. So today, the two people I'm interviewing are a team that work on TD Ameritrade, and they've done a piece of work that I'm especially proud of that we got to work on in the last year together, which is around a topic that, again, I think in culture, it's, not, it's obviously not a new topic, it's blockchain, but it's something that to me still, I still have a lot of questions around it. As much research as I've done and as much questions I've asked, this piece of work, actually, I learned a lot more about the blockchain from it, and I think it's just a really unique way into kind of this this subject that is challenging. And not only did I find it interesting, but we were really fortunate enough to win two awards at Cannes around it. So it is an award-winning piece of work. And this team, Pete and Jay, along with other people, were the leaders on it. So I've gone from just not only interviewing one person, but uh, Pete and Jay here. So I'm really looking forward to know what you think about this episode. Please comment, rate uh, the podcast. It's super helpful. That's all I ask. I'm looking to do more of these and be more regular. So uh, stay tuned and tell me what you think. Hi, I'm Pete Gosselin. I'm creative director here at Havas. I'm Jay Hunt. I'm also a creative director here at Havas. And we've been working together now, I think it's probably about 10 months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 months. Cool. It's been an amazing 10 months. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. So we're here. We're here to talk about the amazing 10 months. What do you work on? Um, talk a little about what you work on day to day. Day to day, we work. Our primary client is TD Ameritrade, which is a huge fintech slash long term investing business. And we work on both sides of that business, trader and long-term investing. And um, I know for people out there, you're like, Harry, you kind of left like ComplexCon where you like interviewed like people who work in the streetwear industry and how are we here today talking about TA? Because um, if you didn't know, already, already in my 10 months here, I already won some awards. So why don't you talk a little bit about one of my favorite projects we've worked on since I've been here. Sure. Uh, so TD Ameritrade working in the fintech sector uh, this year had the opportunity to grow out into this real buzzword for the industry, which is cryptocurrency. And when they launched cryptocurrency, at least futures for Bitcoin, they didn't add, which we were really happy to work on. It's kind of a complex subject to talk about. So maybe we should like back into this a little bit. What we did to launch their Bitcoin futures, or at least them as a kind of an expert in cryptocurrency, was to create the first ever ad in the blockchain. So The first ad in the blockchain is something that uh, Jay and I and the rest of our team worked on uh, with Harry. This ad was about showing their knowledge in this emerging technology. And one of the things that TD Ameritrade, like their brand essence is about is conversations that count. So in order to have a conversation that counts with the cryptocurrency community, what we did was launch this ad, the first ever ad in the blockchain. Cool. Yeah, no, like I said, I mean, I like to always say that I did the first of something. So... I think it's cool that, you know, within our first 10 months here, I got to do something, especially with a topic, which to be completely honest, is I've done my Googling, my YouTube watching to understand cryptocurrency. I was, you know, I've been obviously approached by most people to invest in different things. You know, I, I, I don't know, it's hard for me to invest in things I don't completely understand. I mean, I think my strategy in life is always every day make my time more valuable. I mean, I think I'm the biggest investment because I understand and I grow myself. But as for like investing in this thing called cryptocurrency was a challenge. But I mean, that, that kind of brings in a bigger topic. I always talk about inside work. Obviously, your creative director is on a pretty important piece of business for Havas 
in US in general, but what are your passions outside and how this topic, I think this is a good place to start. How were you guys able to even think of this idea? Uh, okay, so let's rewind the <laughs> clock on Jay and I here. Jay and I have been working together for a long time since uh, we met in college back in 2004. So we've been doing this a long time. We moved, uh, we started our careers in the UK and then we moved to New Zealand. And it was actually in New Zealand that we kind of got into cryptocurrency. Uh, we got into it with a couple other dudes that we were working with at the time. There was like a little group of four of us. Uh, and because we were living in New Zealand, which if you don't know, it's the other side of the world and it's really far away from everything. So it, there was no way that you could buy cryptocurrency while you were there. There was just no, there was no institution to do it. There was no like capability to do it. Yeah, we couldn't open a Coinbase account. We couldn't open a BTC wallet. Literally, we had to buy a Bitcoin mining machine. Which we did. <laughs> so, so you guys have mined. So basically, yeah. Bitcoin. you've mined Bitcoin. Yeah, in so 2013, we started mining Bitcoin. Yeah, so that that was kind of our thing. We got together with this group. We all put in a hundred bucks, and we ordered a miner from the states. But of course, by the time the miner actually arrived to us, it was it was basically useless. You know, it was mining so slowly and at using so much power that we might as well have just bought coin. It was it was doing nothing for us. And of course, I, I think you should explain. I think that's yeah. so. Everybody's like, okay, so I'm Harry. I'm just going to start mining Bitcoin. Like, why wouldn't I just mine Bitcoin instead of buying it? If I could just buy this computer and mine it, why wouldn't I just mine it? So uh, you have to. Th Thing, like a lot of people say that Bitcoin, it's worth nothing or, you know, it's prices set arbitrarily. It's actually based really on electricity. So the amount of electricity and computing power you need to mine a coin is directly proportional to the amount that a coin costs. So, so you buy a $2,000 computer and you're able to mine 10 cents of Bitcoin a day and it's costing you 32 cents in electricity, you know pretty quickly that this isn't a good investment. And that's essentially what, what we did. This miner, all that it was was a specialized box that all that it did was mine cryptocurrency. And yeah, the math on it is really simple. We were spending 32 cents a day to mine Bitcoins and we were making 22 cents a day in Bitcoins. At the same time, we were in New Zealand, so there was no other way for us to buy it. So at the time, I think it was like $90 a, a Bitcoin. And we thought, well, in the future, it'll probably be worth more. So even though we're losing a little bit of money here, let's just keep going and rocking with it. And, you know, the same is true today. You can still buy miners off the shelf by the time it arrives to you and you do the math on how much electricity costs. We live in New York City, so it's a little bit more expensive than if you lived in... I don't know, Wyoming or something, or if you had solar panels, once you do the math on it, you can figure out how much you can make. Now, you got to think, Jay and I had one, one unit, like one box, and the box was like two inches by two inches. It was, you know, it wasn't very big, but there are warehouses filled with these things, you know, lines and lines and lines, all the 20 feet high, stacked one inch apart from each other, just completely filled with these miners. And those guys, of course, they're, they're using electricity industrial scales, but of course they're buying it at industrial scales too. So it's much cheaper for them. And so by the time we moved to New York, it was pretty much cheaper for us to, to buy it on Coinbase, which we did. Basically, we got here and the moment we got off the boat, we basically bought some Bitcoin. Yeah, which so left New Zealand to come yeah. to America just to buy Bitcoin. No, we, we moved to work at Gray, at Gray <laughs> New York. with Tom Iron and the guys. But yeah, I think I bought, I bought four Bitcoins as soon as I arrived. They were like a couple of hundred bucks each. And I invested some of my coins at the time into an arbitrage scheme, which would look completely legitimate. And then this thing paid out for a while and there was months and months. It was like, oh, this is the best investment ever. And I'm, I'm just getting more and more Bitcoins each month. Then one day this thing went dark, completely disappeared, which at the time was only a few hundred bucks. But now we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. 
So that kind of burnt me. I bought some more, but kind of then I was like, I've got a few. I'm not going in any deeper because this this is a dark place. And the, you know, <laughs> we're being robbed left, right and centre people. It was like there were no institute. I mean, who can you call? you got your bitcoins robbed, your phone at the police. The guys would just... Just laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to explain what a Bitcoin is, let alone having somebody help you. And, cool. And so today, ha I'm ha right now we're talking. Yeah. I, I'll pull my phone out. I'll open up my wallet. Should I be buying Bitcoin? Well, like we work in the fintech sector and we know better than to recommend any investment to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can tell you is uh, one of the planners that was working with us, uh, she was about to buy a Bitcoin. This is before the rush. Yeah. It was at $3,000 and she was going to have to pay four. $45 in fees. And I went, $45 in fees? That's ridiculous. Don't do it. And of course, it went up to 20000 bucks, and, and then back down the other side. And even today, she would have easily doubled her money. But I, I told her not to do it. So equally, as much as I told her not to do it, I should probably tell you, I probably shouldn't give you any advice on whether you should buy cryptocurrency or not. So your advice is not to give advice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and <that> there's <laughs> so much at stake now. I mean, people could afford to lose $300, but can you really recommend to people, do you want to risk losing 10 grand? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Or for more. a single coin? Yeah. Or because more. That, know, that's the, People yeah. have mortgaged their houses for these things. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> One thing I've been noticing, and, and, and in a transition, obviously, you know, I went from managing, you know, 88 was 65 people, and, and the creative group in New York is, is less than, a little less than 400. You know, I'm not saying I manage directly 450 people now. You know, I work with 450 people instead of just 60, and... And I started to look around and, you know, people, have, you know, I've always had a lot of younger people work with me and, you know, people like use the word millennial and I, I don't use it that often. Oh my God, they don't like this or this. And, you know, it's so hard to work. And I just realized, I think the, the big challenge right now is effort versus results and everything is input and outputs. And I think the biggest challenge I have against technology and my biggest pushback is that people think technology is here to make things easier. So I'm supposed to be getting less effort and more result. So anytime anyone gives any sort of effort, they're expecting all these results. And it's actually completely inaccurate. I believe the opposite, that you should give tons of effort and then get the most efficient results. And I think that is the challenge with technology. And I think the same thing with investing and with blockchain, Bitcoin. people are like, okay, cool. I'm going to make this little effort as possible with this money. And I'm going to get all, like, there's a shortcut. There's like a shortcut two things and it's it's a it's a strategy in life i actually don't believe in shortcuts like i've actually i've taken the least shortcuts of anyone i know and i have to be honest i'm i'm in certain ways more successful than a lot of people i know because i come from a blue collar background my my, my grandfather's sanitation worker my other grandfather's a truck driver my dad was a school you know a school teacher and a businessman but you know i i've not really seen these things come to premonition so i've always been more like work a full day of work, which I think we, we usually work more than nine hours and, you know, get the rewards of working hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where everyone else is like, how do I like not work hard and become successful and rich? And I, and I, and I actually, I like nonfiction. I read a lot of biographies and a lot of times, a lot of these people, people that people hold up as being famous or wealthy or successful, like these people worked fucking hard. Like these people weren't like, oh yeah, I just woke up one day and I was like rich and famous <laughs> and the top of the charts or had this amazing business. You know, people have to work hard to get where they are. And I think that's like a big thing that, you know, I, like I said, in my experience at scale now, I noticed is that a lot of people are always looking for a shortcut. And I just don't think they're, I don't think they're shortcuts. I don't know. I don't know your opinion. Yeah. And, you know, not to make this whole thing all about the, the Bitcoin or the blockchain ad, but, you know, that ad, even though it only, you know, it only cost $20 and this was the year of the blockchain, that really was four years in the making for Jay and I. Yeah. We'd been learning and researching and 
we'd lost money on it. We'd, you know, the, there were a lot of things that went into making that that one little moment happen. And the same is true with investing. You can treat it like gambling. And, you know, you put your money on, you put your money on any thing and maybe it could break. But if you research it and spend time with it and you know, invest yourself in it, then you're much more likely to be correct. And, you know, this, this advertising career could have gone bust for me, you, anyone along the way. But all that hard work and all that graft is paying off in small increments along the way. Yeah. And so I think to come up with a real good insight, it comes from life experience, real life. You know, if we hadn't lived that cryptocurrency and rode that roller coaster personally, we'd never, ever have come up with that idea. No, I mean, that's it. I mean, I, that's another thing. I always say it's like I pride myself on like, learning things and then I get paid to know what I learn <laughs> you know what I mean like I, I like to get like it's like I think that's and I think also sometimes you know you guys are CDs and obviously I'm CCO now but another misunderstanding people have is like oh great I have an iPhone I've gotten together like 40,000 80,000 Instagram followers like I'm a creative director it's like how long have I been doing this like you posted a couple of photos it's like no it's like years of experience of different things and I, and I really you know I really think experience is, is a huge component of great successful creatives it's not only experience in creative directing or art directing or photography or filmmaking I think it's like you know I think that's the curious part of you know I think people that I surround myself with are curious in like a variety of different things and I think exploring those different paths like fuel your ability to have good insights you know what I mean so tell me about I mean each of you maybe a little history of yourselves before before uh, your mining uh, drinking very clean water, breathing the cleanest air in the world, and mining Bitcoin in New Zealand. How this all began. So I was born and raised in in Birmingham, England. People always say here, what the hell is that city? And it's like the second biggest city in the UK after uh, <laughs> yeah, after Where's the London. UK? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, Led Zeppelin. Oh, I won't go into it, but they're all from there. They're and, all related. Uh, yeah. So I... A pop, brief history of myself. I studied a film at university, actually. And when I left college, just convinced I wanted to work in film, TV, working in post-production as a runner and assistant editor. Then I got a job assisting a director in a production company. Knew nothing about advertising. But I kept seeing this director having all these meetings with these people. And I was like, who are these people who come and keep speaking to this director? And they're like, oh, they're the creatives. And I was like, who the hell are the creatives? I went, oh, they're the guys who come up with the ideas. He just creates them. And I was like, that sounds better than what he's doing. <laughs> so then, and then, funny enough, I was getting into it and I got hold of a DNA annual. It just came across that. And I was looking through the DNA annual and I remember seeing one ad, which was for Cherokee relaxed clothing. And the ad was a guy hanging off a cliff. And he was just complete, really well-dressed, just like about to die, but was just like so chilled out. He was just chilling there and with the headline relaxed. And I was like, he's about to die, but he's relaxed. And the tagline says relaxed. And then it kind of all made sense to me <laughs> in that instant. I was like, fuck, that's an amazing idea. How, you know, and I was kind of like, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's cool. And then went and did the MA and yeah, the rest history, been working. An MA portfolio school, you know, like brand center here and then. The rest is history. You know, did everything the opposite of the other kids on the class, I think, you know. Really hassled this one guy you wanted to work for. Kept going back with the portfolio and then he gave us our first job at Low London and been working ever since. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was born I should in say your name. Oh, sure. Like, and that was I, Jay. I guess so. they'll <laughs> know the accent. I yeah, guess yeah. they'll get your accent. Yeah. Yeah, and Pete. Uh, I 
was born and raised in Ottawa, Canada, which also most Americans have never heard of, even though it's... <laughs> and there's no one famous from America yeah, for you. No, you're yeah, you're yeah, going to be the, the first one, famous I'm the person. One. Uh, uh, I grew up as a ski instructor. Uh, that was my, that was like my identity. That was my thing. And when I was uh, 23, 24, I guess, uh, I moved to Aspen, Colorado. And uh, I knew that I didn't want to be a ski instructor the rest of my life, even though that might sound weird because it sounds like a great job. Uh, but yeah, just as the season was ending and I was kind of looking around for what I, what I was going to do next, the advertising festival, there was like a small advertising festival happening in Aspen. And uh, I kind of followed uh, some of the goings on and like Jay, I found an ad that I thought was really cool. It was actually in a, it was in a bin, like in a, in a skip. Somebody had thrown it away. So you're picking, you're like, like, you're like, I'm doing really well as a ski instructor. I also collected cans at night to like, like, like like recyclable cans. And I found this ad. This ad was sticking out of the can and it, uh, it had, it was like a paintbrush turned into an afro and it was about painting in your style. And I am a guy with curly hair and I was like, oh, that's funny. And I, I grabbed it to stick it up at the uh, back at like the the residence. And I thought maybe maybe after this maybe I'll go into advertising. So I, I moved back uh, to Canada. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, though she's now my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time moved to the UK to do. Uh, she was doing her own masters in uh, sports biomechanics. So I moved over there with her. I have a British passport because of my dad. I moved over there promising to take care of her, you know, I'll, I'll pay the bills, I'll work, and couldn't find a job. So uh, I just hung around at the university library where she was she was studying, and I read uh, all the books I could about advertising. Like, there were, you know, dozens of them, and then what they didn't have, I talked to the librarian, got her to order them in, and uh, so I just gave myself, like, this education in advertising. Uh, and I was going down to London trying to find uh, trying to find work, and one of the guys that I was talking to said, you're never going to find work unless you go to college. So that's where uh, I went to the, to the MA project, and Jay and I met. And it was, you know, Jay and I, exactly as he said, we didn't do what the rest of the kids on the course did. As soon as we met each other, we knew we were going to work together and go start working towards our goals. And it was like the Christmas break, we went and made our first portfolio. The Easter break, we went and made a second portfolio. And the whole time along, we... We had this target of this creative director that we wanted to work with, and we were sending him our book. And while we were on the course, we knew that it wasn't about the course. We knew that you know, it didn't matter what grade we got. If we got the job that we wanted at the end of it, that was the thing. So that's what we did. We just targeted this guy you know, over and over and over <laughs> again until he basically broke down. You know, not to badmouth any of our old ex, what they're called, other people on the course, where the people were like, Oh, you know, I'm not really sure if I want to get into advertising. It's like, well, why the hell? I'm doing an MA in this course if you're not sure. I went to school of visual arts here, and I actually was a graphic design major. And back then it was design, and and the way I ended up in advertising was I met someone through Michael who worked at Ogilvy at the time, and and it was um, Chris Wall's group. Rest in peace, Chris Wall passed away. He was my... uh, my executive creative director, it was like my third month in, oh, it was like six o'clock. And I was like, you know, I, I just need a break. I need to take, you know, I need to ha- take a break. We've been going pretty hard. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Take a half day today. And like six o'clock was a half day back then. It was like, <laughs> yeah. and he wasn't ju- like, I looked at him to laugh and like, he wasn't laughing. And I was like, dude, that's just, this is the world we live. Like, this is it. Like, if you want to do it, you got to do it. And if, if, if your job misaligns with your purpose in life, you're never going to give it your all and, and you're never going to do that, you know? You know, and just to that end, recently we were interviewing a candidate for a job here and uh, she told us that her, the thing that she wanted to do was work in Sweden. And, you know, our, our question is, if that's the one thing you want to do with your life, 
why are you here talking to us? We're, we're not going to help you to <laughs> We're not even end. Swedish. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she was like, oh, but I've been told that if I get a job here, it can help me get to Sweden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah no, but, but that's the thing. You've got to yeah. be fully invested in the in the thing that you're that you're doing, whatever that, that thing is. And it doesn't matter if it's advertising or if it's the opposite of advertising. As long as you're giving it everything that you have and everything that you are, you'll be successful at it. And, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with being the most successful guy who puts up telephone poles. Mm. That's, a, you know, if that's your passion in life, fully go for that. That's an amazing thing. Yeah, advertising's a lifestyle, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Still, you bombard with so many things, TV shows, cinemas, New York, gallery openings, clothes, everything. You're just a sponge to everything and there's nothing you don't come across every day that can't be used in your, in your work in some form. I, I did an ad for, uh, I did a Ford ad it was for this uh, Ford Edge, and it had a uh, a window that went all the way back. This was like a big deal for Ford. Like the back seat had a window too. Um, they weren't super popular. And I was at a party, and Iggy Pop song came on, Passenger. And I was like, I am the passenger. I ride and I ride. I see the city. And I'm and I'm like, I wrote that was the script. Basically, yeah. it's a person in the back of the car driving through the city. And they're the passenger. Like, they're yeah. seeing the thing. And we wrote the whole script. And we were going to use that song. And just, of course, welcome to advertising. Randomly, a non-competitive, like, Coles was using it in an ad for no reason. Like, there was no passenger in the ad. It was, like, people dancing. So we had to, like, re- and we, we used this uh, other song in the ad in the end, which just worked. But the script was based on me being at a party, hearing a pop song. And it's, like, that's how I wrote the ad. And it is, you know, that's the, that's the work-life integration. I believe you need to bring your work with you in here and, and share what makes you great. And then vice versa, you know, when you're experiencing things in the world, it, it does always apply. I'm living in a brief. Like, I live in a brief. Yeah. And, and on that on that part, like, you know, what are your passions that are work? Obviously, I know, Pete, you have a specific passion outside. Yeah, uh, I'm going to approach it in a different way than, than normal. So, so what Harry's referencing is that I have a mechanical keyboard company. Uh, what the heck is a mechanical keyboard? So... Gamers and other like PC enthusiasts, I can buy them through this small company that I set up. But really, my my passion for it uh, isn't about the thing itself. It it actually comes from this other part, which is is YouTubing and. I'm not a very successful YouTuber. In fact, I'm a terrible YouTuber. You have like 100,000 subscribers. No, I don't. I have 30,000 subscribers. It I, sounds better when you say 100,000. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. And I don't. And let, let's put it all like inside of this weird knot. So I'm living in New Zealand and uh, I'm telling a, a guy that I work beside that I've got this long driveway and I want lights to light up the driveway. And I'm going to build it with this small computer. This small computer that I've got, uh, it's going to turn on the lights in sequence. He has no idea what I'm trying to explain. So I thought I would just film it uh, on YouTube. And so I did, and I posted it, and it got like 10,000 hits. And then, you know, people were asking me in the comments, like, what is this? How does this work? And that kind of evolved into a couple explanation videos about how this little computer worked. And then I was building things with it, like garage door openers and lights that turn on and off. And when I moved to New York City, I... I couldn't do that anymore. And while the Bitcoin blockchain thing evolved out of that YouTube channel, so too did people asking me what type of keyboard that I like to use. And so I made a video about keyboards and that keyboard video led to another keyboard video and that led me into this weird subreddit called Our Mechanical Keyboards and that led me weirdly to start building keyboards on my YouTube channel, which has spawned this little business. And, you know, it it's more like fractals than it is like this linear path. I'm interested in YouTubing. I'm interested in sharing my passions and the things that I do with people. And and that's why 
I started YouTubing and that's why I ended up building this mechanical keyboard company. Even though it's as weird as hell to tell people, you know, I bump into people who are like, what the heck, mechanical keyboards? How do you even get into that? And it's a long story and a bit weird, but that's how I did it. Cool. No, I love it. I actually, one of the interns today I saw was wearing, shout out, dude, what's your company? One Up Keyboards. It's One Up Keyboards, yeah. <laughs> at, at One Up Keyboards? At One Up Keyboards is the Instagram. We've got uh, Twitter as well. Um, and then, yeah, just go check out the website. It's it's kind of a, a deep thing to get into. You know, it's uh, unlike Macs, which are very modern and like everybody uses the same. With mechanical keyboards, everything can be customized from the, the materials that the board is made out of uh, to the textures and feels that you can have to the everything. So it's kind of like a deep world to get into. And it's one of the things I figured out was that I could write more scripts faster if I knew how to type better. And like, it's there a really, it's a really simple hack, like to make my professional life better. I thought I would make a better keyboard for myself. It's how I legitimize keeping on spending hundreds of dollars <laughs> on these things. And that eventually led to the business. Like your I said, setup, your setup's clean. It, it makes me better at work is, is what I'm saying. And, you know, my real passion is my day job, but I have other things that lead into it and they're diverse and different. And here I am. The one question I remember still is Jay's question. It was his last question. Because, like, again, I was trying to do it in, like, 15, 20 minutes. So, of course, like, my system was, like, knocking. And people were like, we got to go. It's like, you know, because time goes, like, quick. He was like, Supreme or Palace was the question you asked me. I was like, <laughs> fuck. That's, like, it's such a good question. I actually stole that question. I actually did a second episode of Complex Con, And I actually asked Riff Raff that question. And he goes, what are, what are those? He didn't know what <laughs> Supreme, and we're at like Complex Con. It was like so funny. Real quick one, I always do it. Supreme or Palace? Oh, those two brands? Perfect, I love it. Amazing answer. That's the best answer of all day. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Not that I wear that much streetwear, but I'm really interested in that kind of culture, the graphics, iconography, and, you know, I totally keep up with all those new brands, you know, I'm like, uh, fucking awesome at the moment and 917 I think is cool and Bianca Chandan and but I guess yeah another big passion of mine is obviously I think which was my first love really is uh is film and the movies I mean yeah still obsessed with that you know go to many film festivals you know really look hard at Cannes, Venice, Toronto all the big festivals you know what film are you feeling right now what's your record do you have do you have a record uh... I went and saw, actually, The Weekend. I went and saw, which is a really sweet film, Eighth Grade. Really? I haven't seen No, yeah. It's, is it Bo Dernan, the internet guy? Mm -hmm. But I guess the film that stuck with me the most recently I saw is uh, Killing of the Sacred Deer. Really? I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, which the guy directed The Lobster. I can't pronounce his name off the top of my head, but... Yeah, I'm feeling those, really cool. I'm feeling those New York brothers, which I have to like. I'm so bad, I should know their name. They did a uh, Good Time, Safety Brothers. Oh yeah. So Benny and Josh, and um, Good Time was pretty, pretty awesome. I didn't see their first film, which Ali, my fan, Ali just watched recently. It was like intense. It was about like a. It sounded pretty intense. She was kind of giving me the breakdown of it, but uh, she watched it the other day without me. But I thought it was really good, and it's it's funny because. That dude from uh, the Twilight films, but you don't even like recognize him. He's like a total like yeah. Oh uh, yeah, what's his name? Um, Robert Patterson. All right, yeah, cool. Patterson. So wind down. I mean, we kind of went through it, but I guess again, what is your um, you know, what would be advice you'd give to someone trying to get into the industry or in general in what any industry? Is there any kind of like final advice you'd give? 
I, I would, I would say research. It's all about research. I mean, the stuff that we just talked about, you know, whether it was uh, the keyboards or Jay's passion for film or whether it was blockchain and Bitcoin, it's all about researching. And it was the same when we got our first job. We knew everything about that guy. We knew what he wanted. We listened to him when he gave us advice. It was all about that depth of research. If somebody wants to get into advertising, find out everything you can about a couple of creative directors, find out their work. Do you like their work? Is that the kind of, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's simple, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, what have I done? And they're like, uh. Know everything about them, then, you know, continue down that rabbit hole of like, I'm really into everything Harry's done. I know everything it is. So when you phone Harry and don't email or, you know, <laughs> when you phone Literally, or, I get my phone number. Yeah, yeah. Phone. When you phone, say, hey, I saw your this. I think it's, I saw your, uh, or listened to your Unicorns episode where you had Pete and Jay. It was awesome. And Dude, who because, does Pete and Jay? Can you give me, can you guys connect me with Pete and Jay? I want to yeah, meet them, Harry. No, but that's the thing. Like, go all the way down. I know about this thing. Hey, I want to make stuff like you make like this. This is what I want to do. Can I come show you my book? Well, yeah, of course you can. You want to make stuff like we make? Of course you can. You want to make stuff like Harry makes? Of course you can come see us. We're, you know, it's knowing that that thing. If you just like fire off a bunch of emails to a bunch of dudes and like, yeah. hey, yo, I'm cool. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, I want to know that somebody's into what we're into. Yeah, I know. I, I interview two ways. And I think you should be learning from me and from their interview were more than I'm learning about you. Like, you know what I mean? It's like that inquisitiveness is really important. And I, and I the reason I call my podcast Army of Unicorns is like someone asked me one day, it's like, how do you describe the 88 back in the day? And I'm like, dude, just, we're just like an army. Like, it's like, it's not even about the work. The work comes from the people for me. And it's like people that are driven and focused to do stuff. They can tackle anything. And we like chatbots. Someone's like, dude, this chatbot thing is cool. We started making chatbots. Blockchain, you guys were obsessed with blockchain. I'm like, dude, talk to me more about blockchain. Like, I'm, I can't figure this fucking thing out. You explained how in the blockchain we could do in the upper term we could put this thing and I'm like dude that's you blew my fucking mind like I was just gonna say about to pick up on that about you know these kids coming in and stuff it's great to be you know to see their real personalities and be unique one of our first bosses said to us you know as well when he got we got to work with him don't do what I'm doing because we've got someone like me here the reason we hired you is because you, you're different and your brain's unique and you think differently I want to see I want to see that yeah. No, I think it is. I mean, I mean, I think that's like when it works is that unique point of view yeah. comes in and that your unique experience. Like, I think it is about like what makes you. And that was the thing when I'm like, show us something you're proud of when I first met everyone and it didn't have to be an ad. And I think a lot, which was really cool is a lot of people showed me things that weren't ads and I didn't specify specifically for that reason so that I could see what other people's passions were. And then my next thing, like I said, is bring that to the agency. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, I share my, you know, my passion around meditation and, and healthy eating. And that's why we have the farmer's market and we're doing the meditation things. And that's just like my thing. Like the next phase, like, what do you want? I'm not, I'm not introducing it to people. So you saying this is what I want you to do. I'm just like share, you know, leveraging this platform to share it amongst each other. So are you excited for tonight's, uh, yes. Get cans party? Yes. Uh, so I, obviously we, we went to can, had a great time. Uh, the client didn't come with us. So tonight we're reliving it with them with some rose on a boat. Uh, in the East River. I know, I know, in the, in the, not the East River, in the, um, Hudson. Hudson. in the Hudson. Yeah. So on the Hudson. So close. The Hudson is the, been called the Riviera of Manhattan. <laughs> and I not know. just the blockchain ad we're going to celebrate, which we haven't mentioned, the Lionel Richie ad, which also. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That was also a really good one. Yeah. I love music. 
I love doing my work with celebrities. I've done, worked with a lot of celebrities, but Lionel Richie, I didn't get to go on the shoot. It was definitely like slightly before my time, but that that piece was awesome. So yeah, it's been, a, it was a good year for us so far. So 10 months in, I'm psyched. Do handles. Does anybody want to share handles or websites? Yeah, uh, my Instagram is uh, at J-A-Y-D-Hunt, H-U-N-T. And uh, my Instagram is now uh, pd.feedy. I know. Uh, I take a lot of pictures of my feet, so it's like a thing. Uh, so, uh, P-E-T-E-Y. website, If you'd like to look at our work, it's jandpete.com, and the password is Stanley Kubrick with no no gap in between. So, you, it's just jandpete.com? J-A-Y-A-N-D-P-E-T-E.com. Yeah, cool. Dude, like, <laughs> I'm guessing you haven't been to our site then. We've done some pretty cool stuff over the years. No, uh, but I'm saying having that URL is pretty amazing. <laughs> Dude, I haven't had to go back and research you guys because you guys are doing the work now. Yeah, uh, no, no, we, no, no, yeah. yeah uh, before this, we were at Drogo. We did some awesome stuff. We were creative directors at uh, Gray before that, uh, working with Tor. Uh, and then, of course, international stuff. We've got comedy spots with sensitive humor that, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe it'll translate. I don't know. We Yeah, we, we did, uh, did a lot of work in New Zealand and, and of course, in the UK before that. We were we were top 10 creatives uh, in New Zealand and in the UK. We've been ranked in, in the UK in 2010. So our next thing is we want to be ranked top 10 in the US. So Let's do we, it. Yeah, we were hopeful uh, this past year, but yeah, we'll have to do it, do it soon. Cool. Rock and roll. Yeah, yeah Thank cool. you guys. Awesome.